more to marketing. Welcome to More to Marketing, the podcast that explores marketing, products, and everything in between. I'm your host, Susan, and today we're going to be talking about SEO. I am very excited to announce that we have a true expert on today in the field of SEO, none other than Kate Toon. Kate is a guru in all things SEO. She's an award-winning entrepreneur author, speaker, educator, podcaster, and parent of one human and one fur baby. I can relate to the animals and fur babies and humans. Um, (laughs) From her humble backyard shed, she masterminds an ambitious business universe, helping thousands of other humans to build their own version of success through digital marketing business know-how. Welcome to the show, Kate. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Tell me a bit more about yourself and your journey and all the other pieces happening right now. Oh, gosh. Well, as of today, I'm not sure what my journey is. I'm a bit delirious. I just got back from Bali and I've been very poorly. Uh, Mm. So I've just come back into the office today and I'm trying to remember who I am and what I do. So I started by cleaning my desk, which is always top priority. But I guess, look, these days, you know, I built my business on the foundations of copywriting and and SEO, which we're going to talk about today. But these Mm. days, I think I've sort of evolved into more of a holistic, you know, business mentor, digital marketing coach, because I've done a bit of everything. You know, I've got a conference, I've got memberships, courses, funnels out the gazoo, I speak, I've got podcasts. So I think of myself more as a generalist than a specialist now, but that doesn't mean uh, that, you know, SEO wasn't what got me here today. Mm. It definitely was your first baby, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, copywriting was my first baby, but the problem with copywriting is there is a lot of copywriters and um, a lot of copywriting doesn't make much money. So you really need to niche down as a, as a copywriter, I think, and find a specialism. And I didn't want to specialize by industry. So I chose to specialize by skill. And back then, SEO was a rare thing. Not many people really understood SEO and understood how to write for for humans and search engines. And if I'm honest, people still don't understand it. So um, it's still a relevant niche today. 100% agree. And it's something that constantly comes up when anyone is ever looking for their rankings on Google or Bing or whatever they're on as well. They're always first going, SEO, SEO, what as if it's it? SOS. It's terrifying. Yeah, SOS. <laughs> I like that. S- oh, I should. That's a. Oh, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> SEO, SOS. That I'm writing that down. I love it. Why have I not thought of that myself? Um, That's all yeah, good. We're I here to that- share. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll send you a thousand dollars. I think this is it. And I think the, the, the other mm. problem is, is that we are bombarded by emails from idiots mm. saying, greetings of the day, I will guarantee you number one ranking. Um, and we hear terror tales of people who've been ripped off by SEO mm. agencies. So at once we know it's vitally important to our business, but equally we're utterly terrified of it, which is a mm. really bad combination. And I, I think for a lot of people out there, they might not even know what SEO is. Um, I'm not sure so- I do today. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'll break it down. So, I mean, SEO stands for search engine optimization, which isn't a particularly any more helpful, to be honest. Mm. The analogy that I, the well-worn analogy that I like to use is, um, have you ever watched The Bachelor, Susan? I have, yes. Of course you have. Who hasn't? Well, if you haven't, it's basically a, a weird man comes into a mansion full of 30-odd women um, and he has to pick one by the end. And, he, and the truth is, we know that that man comes in with exactly in mind what he wants you know mm. he wants a six foot tall blonde with big boobs called susan i'm um, just joking uh, <laughs> i'm a brunette <laughs> yeah i know she's a brunette um or he wants you know a two foot tall uh you know brunette called kate 
um, middle-aged Kate. But what you know, what I mean is he knows what he wants. He's got a list of things that he wants. Mm. And so when he's going out there to pick from all these uh, women, he, he already knows what he wants. And if they know what he wants, then they're probably in for more of a chance, right? Mm. Um, Google's the same. Google knows what it wants from the 30 websites it's evaluating every time it tries to choose a site to show. Um, so, you know, it's a silly way of putting it. But say Google wants websites to be blonde. Well, then you need to go out and dye your hair blonde. You know, say mm. Google wants your website to be six foot well then you need to be wear high heels and it's the same with google google wants your site to be speedy it needs to be under three seconds so make it under three seconds google wants your website to look good on mobile devices so do it so really Mm. it's the art of making google pick you the art of making google fall in love with your Mm. website is that a terrible analogy i kind of stretched it a bit too far but i think it works I'm more worried about the women that are like six foot two and need to be chopped off. Yeah, I know. What do they do? They have to crouch. Yeah. Exactly. Or like stumpy <laughs> along or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it doesn't quite work, but I hope it gives an idea that, you know, it's it's mm. not as random as you think mm. it is. There is a very clear set of rules that Google mm. tells us, right? 98% of what Google wants from us, they tell us. There's a big mm. guide called the Google Webmaster Guide. And then the rest of it is kind of hearsay and and experimental and testing and people like me going, well, I've done this and it really made a difference. I'm not, Google's not confirming whether that works or not, but I think it is. So it's a bit of a combination of what Google says and what Google doesn't say. Mm. And going into this into more detail, what has been your approach to SEO to try and be more successful in those more gut moves, I suppose, compared to Mm. what the guide says? Well, I think, you know, back in my day, back in the olden days, when I started out, which was a long time ago, it was very easy. These are the days of 10 blue links on a, on a web page. Now you look mm. at the search results and there's, you know, shopping carousels and featured snippets and videos. When I started out, there wasn't even blended results. It was just mm. websites on the first tab. And then there were no videos because YouTube mm. didn't exist. Um, and now YouTube is the second biggest search engine and obviously owned by Google now. Um, so what I did when I started out wouldn't work today. So what mm. I did was I blogged and I blogged and I blogged and I shoved keywords in here or there mm. and I got people to link to me. Um, Lots of links back then. Yeah, I mean, not so much. I didn't really think about that too much back then. It was really blogging. Everyone thought blogging was the go. And unfortunately, people still think it works today. And unfortunately, blogging is a very slow route to SEO success today. Mm. It's just not going to work in the same way it used to because there's so many different ways to consume content now. I I can't remember the last time I read a blog post, to be perfectly honest. Mm. So these days, if I was starting again, you know, I'd start with the foundations, which is always the same. Doesn't matter who you are, what business you're in. You need a really great website. Mm. The great news is it doesn't really matter what platform it's on now. It could be on Shopify, Squarespace, WordPress, Wix, Weebly. They're all pretty much of a muchness. I'd say Shopify and WordPress have the edge. Mm. But you need a great website. It needs to look good, be full of awesome content, be fast, be, look fantastic on a mobile, be easy to use mm. um, and you know, load really well and be accessible for people with hearing difficulties and vision Definitely. difficulties. That's the first step. And unfortunately, that's the step that most businesses skip. Oh, tell me about particularly the accessibility <laughs> one yeah. with um, not even knowing that there's an A or an AA rating out there mm. or what the small things they need to do even for images. Yeah. It drives me insane. It does because, you know, like you've got to think that the majority of people looking at a website are not like you. Mm. You know, they probably don't have English as a first language. They probably don't have fast internet. 
they may have sight impairments, hearing impairments, they may have uh, dyslexia, they may be older, they may have um, issues with their hands and not be able to use the mouse as well. So, you know, we we tend to build websites on big, beautiful Mac computers mm-hmm. in our nice, comfortable Western world with our, you know, white skin and perfect vision and we forget mm-hmm. everybody else who, in the world. <laughs> and there's even this simple thing of colorblindness as well. Yeah, massive. Uh, that color, color contrast, palettes, yeah, yeah, contrast is so important. I'm sure you've seen it, Susan. But you know, designers will often come up with something that aesthetically seems quite pleasing, but functionally is utterly useless. Like grey copy on a lemon background. Yep. And you're in coals, and the sun is shining on your screen, and it makes everybody a bit color blind. You know, it drains the color from your screen, and you can't read a word. Yep. And so, all your prettiness that's cost you a fortune is ruining mm. the functionality of your site. And even down to some simple things like even font size. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. People think, oh, yeah, we'll blow it up. It looks great on the side of a bus. <laughs> but then when you shrink it down and put it into context on packaging or even onto a social media post, mm. you can't, it's not legible. I know. The number of people I see sharing images on Instagram where the text is looks must have looked good when they designed it on Canva on their Mac and then you look at it on your mobile, you're like, what, what, what does that yep. say? Um, yeah, I think we we all get trapped in our little bubble and we all think we want feedback but we find it very uncomfortable when people actually give it to us so yeah so the foundation of all seo is a decent website you know um because you want to drive people from google to your site and really you want to drive people from socials to your site so that would be my first step absolutely mm-hmm. and then once they've got the the fundamentals done what should they then do activities on next I mean, so, I think I think the next thing would be to really, you know, you've probably got your website up and you've dumped some fairly basic copy in or maybe even Lauren Ipsum. The next thing you need to do is really think about your keyword research, mm-hmm. you know, because that's going to define the architecture of your site. Like, do you, you know, you're, you're a marketeer. Do you have a page for social media marketing management or is that a bit generic? You're probably not going to rank for it. So instead you have a very specific page that says, hashtag research or you know canva graphic creation or infographic creation you know so you and and then maybe you realize that you're not going to be able to conquer the world so maybe you add a a local keyword in there as well so really looking at your keywords what people are typing in how you can relate that to your content Mm -hmm. on both your selling pages and your information pages so your pages that sell your services all that kind of stuff but also your blog posts so you know i think people forget that questions are keywords like how do I rank on Google is a question and you can rank for that that whole question um so my next thing would be keywords and then obviously the next thing is integrating that into your copy um and then you know optimizing as much as you can nice images but then after that we're kind of done with the site and then we move on to the the real work <laughs> which I think you know what I'm going to talk about which is backlinks right so yes. you mentioned that at the beginning so It's not just about going out and going, I'm going to collect 17 backlinks. It's about building the brand of you. And and what you want to do is make a connection so that when anyone says Kate Toon, people go, oh, SEO. Yeah, that's what you want to happen. Um, And that that, you do that through social media. Mm -hmm. So people often ask me, does social media impact SEO? Not not directly, like backlinks from social media Mm -hmm. have no impact. On, on your link on your authority on your ranking none but if you've got a big following on instagram it's highly likely or hopeful that they'll visit your site click mm. on your content link to it share it with the mates that influences seo so it's not the people it's what the people do does that make sense it does and 
Have you ever found LinkedIn improving as well for backlinks? Uh, Backlinks from LinkedIn still don't count to improve domain authority. So there's this notional idea in SEO of domain authority, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, all things being equal, if my site and your site were were the same, going after the same things, they were the same speed, they loaded the same, they were the same aesthetic. Um, If you have more links from real, real websites than I do, then if we're both going after the same keyword, you will win right? Mm-hmm. Because your authority will be higher. Like maybe your authority is 28 out of 100 and mine's 17. Yep. Um, so what we want to do is build links from really reputable sites that improve that domain authority. So a link from like the New York Times is going to have a lot more impact on your mm-hmm. domain authority than a link from your mum's blog about tea cozies. Yep. Um, but links from social media do not add to domain authority mm-hmm. at all. And I suppose you're using all this right now for your new book as well. So yeah. do you want to talk us oh, through that? That was such a great segue. You know, I asked Susan at the beginning if I could mention my book. Isn't she great? Um, <laughs> she's done this podcast for a while. You can tell she knows what she's doing. Yeah, so I it was actually, the, the book was interesting because it was obviously a, a bit of a, a thing for me to write a book. I was very excited about that. I wanted to go to the airport and have my moment. But it was actually an, uh, an opportunity for me to really flex my marketing muscle and use all the skills mm-hmm. I've learned and put them into my own thing. So, yeah, before I even put pen to paper, I thought of the title. Yep. Guess what the first thing I did was, Susan? I think you Googled. I Googled it. You, you see, I've said that to other people and they've not got it. People are like, I've got, I'm running a book month in my community at the moment. And the number of people who've come up with titles and I'm like, I feel like I've heard that before. Mm. And then you go and Google it and there's an existing book because we think we've made this idea up in our head, but we haven't. We saw it eight years ago in Dimmocks and then we forgot because our brains are crap. Um, so I Googled it and I made sure it was virgin territory. Yes. And then I, then the next thing I did was I bought the domain name. Nice. The com, the dot com dot au and the au. Then the next thing I did was build a sales page on my own site and redirected that URL to that page. Yep. And then the next thing I did was start building backlinks, and I did that mm. through digital PR, so articles and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then social media, I created a separate Instagram channel for it. I, you know, I promoted it in my group. I've I've used affiliate, uh, not affiliate, but you know, advocacy, getting other people mm-hmm. to recommend. I've done competitions for um, reviews. I've email marketing. I set up a podcast with the book. So you know, it's every marketing touchpoint. And I mean, I know I'm here to talk about SEO, but SEO mm-hmm. is only part of the pie. It's a piece yeah. of that. It's a piece of it. Yeah, it's a part of the piece of the pizza. Now, I would mm-hmm. say it's probably three pieces of the pizza, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, email marketing is one piece, social media is one mm-hmm. piece. The SEO is so important because mm-hmm. the statistic that I love to throw around is uh, something like, I think it's 71% of all transactions, all, whether it's business, service, e-commerce, everything, start with a Google search. Mm. so they may have heard of you on instagram they may have listened to your podcast but if they want to find you they will go to google and if you're not on google you are not on the internet google has 95 percent share in australia and about 85 worldwide Bing made a valiant attempt recently to come Mm. back up again with its new ai model but google's google dominates and it can will continue to dominate so yeah, if you're not on Google, you're not on the internet. When was the last time you actually typed a domain name into a browser? You unless don't. you unless you know it so well. Yeah, or unless it's bookmarked, right? Mm-hmm. But even Nike, shortest brand name in the world. I'll go to Google and type in Nike. Yeah. 
you know, because I don't want to type in dot com because it's four extra characters and I'm a busy woman. Yep. You know, it's ridiculous, right? And other things might appear too because sometimes you might be like, oh, I know there's a sale up and then the sale appears as well. So then you can mm. click off on that instead. Mm, exactly. And this mm. is the thing. SEO is complex. Like even if you go and search for Kate Toon, which is which I'm sure everyone's going to do immediately after this, um, you'll see that I am competing with myself because I've got a couple of different websites. And then, you know, my LinkedIn is competing with my website and my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. And now my book is popping up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, what you want is to own that first page of Google. You want to make that first page your bitch. You want to make it your landing page, mm-hmm. right? So if you type in Kate Toon or Six Figures and School Hours, you'll see everything on the first page is me. You know, every image, every video, every social media channel. And that is just about consistent effort. There's no magic to that. Um, Even on my course, there isn't a magic trick I teach that I don't tell you unless you pay me $3,000. And I've interviewed (laughs) nearly 400 SEO experts for my podcast. No one has a magic trick. Mm. It's just effort Mm. and smarts, you know. And I have to say, even when I was doing my website itself, more to marketing, I use simple method, just like you said, Mm. make sure you've got the content, the structure, you have keywords throughout, and then naturally it will start organically appearing. And that happened for me within two weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is it. You you, you chose a a really important to choose a good brand name that's relevant, available, and memorable, you know, and so many people just come up with something very generic that already exists. And then they go, oh, it already exists. I'll shove a hyphen in. Mm. Honestly, the first thing, the most important thing is thinking of that brand name. And it feels hard. It feels like everything's gone, Um, but it doesn't need to be dramatically different. It just needs to be different enough. And that's why a lot of people I recommend these days, you know, if you've got a vaguely unusual name, brand with your own name, Mm. because after this, I'll be honest, even after this, I'll always remember Susan Walsh. I might not find it as easy to remember your brand name because yep. I've connected with you, the human. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So f- for me, my results was within two weeks, but is that mm. typical? I or, think. Or can it take um, shorter or longer depending on your uniqueness? Yeah, well, I mean, I think obviously what you were searching for then was your personal brand. So what you did was you hit the first milestone of SEO, which is to rank for your own name mm-hmm. and rank for your own business name, which should be relatively easy if you have not picked something super generic. Mm-hmm. So two weeks is pretty good. It's, it's, um, I'll pat on the bottom. Um, it, you know, it, but I think you you chose the, the, the ease was because you made a good decision mm-hmm. about your brand name. The next challenge, of course, is not to be found for who you are, what but I to do. be found for what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets a bit more tricky, you know. And what you need to do there is think of yourself as a small fish in a small pond. So when I started out as a copywriter, I tried to rank for copywriter Newtown right? Which is a suburb within Sydney, within New South Wales, within Australia. And then once I'd succeeded to rank for that local SEO, I expanded it out to Sydney and then kind of Australia. And then I just wanted to rank for the word copywriter, you know, and I, and I succeeded for a long time. I was number one for copywriter and then Wicked Amazing. Neil Patel came along. Um, I'm pre-Neil Patel, which makes me uh, laugh because he's super famous now. A um, lot smarter than me, a lot younger. Um, anyway, uh, but, you know, he probably he thought, had more money behind him. He probably to, to... did. He probably. <laughs> let's talk about generational wealth. No, let's not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it, you kind of people get disheartened because mm. they picked like a two-word keyword phrase, like you know, uh, video editor Sydney, and then they want our ranking, and it's like because there's other video editors have been there for twenty years. You might need to add 
some modifiers like what makes your video editing special mm. you only do weddings or you only do christenings or you're really affordable or you only do videos for tiktok yep. you only do black and white you know what is it what is it that makes you different and add those modifiers in and the good that people think oh well if you know if i'm trying to rank for like affordable video editor for christenings in sydney who's typing that in you know who's typing that in? Not as many people, I grant you. But those people know exactly what they want. And, and they've got their you. credit card in their hand. And if you rank, they'll buy from you. You don't need hundreds of thousands of people to find you. You need the right people to find you who want to spend money. And that's what people misunderstand. They they get obsessed with ego ranking because they're like, I just want to be top of the rankings for this. It's like, does that keyword make you any money? Because if it doesn't, what's the point, right? And same with all marketing right same with all marketing you know all that silly faffing about on instagram looks pretty but is it making you any money you know that's the question we need to ask ourselves exactly and google adwords has become so expensive now compared to what it was 20 years ago well i mean it was it's all for me for terms like seo course or whatever it's always been you know prohibitively expensive you know 40 50 dollars for a click Mm. um you know and i i i also, I just resent giving money to Zuckerberg and Google mm. and Bezos and a lot of them. So, you know, I won't do Facebook ads. I won't do Google ads. And I've tried. I have tried over the years. I've done, you know, uh, lead gen campaigns and all kinds of stuff. But I just find that the conversions aren't as good as from great, good thought leadership, content marketing mm-hmm. and just consistent marketing as well. Yes, no, I, I completely agree. And that that's probably a perfect segue into what are the key mistakes done by marketers when it does come to SEO? I think, you know, the biggest one is outsourcing it without understanding it. So mm-hmm. thinking, oh, it's too hard. We'll outsource it to some dude in Pakistan <laughs> um, and not understanding and paying for it for years and then getting mm-hmm. really angry that nothing's happened. But then, mm-hmm. you know, that's so I think that's the biggest mistake. The second mistake I think is blogging thinking that blogging is going to make any difference i'm not saying don't do it of course do it but don't think it's going to move the needle as Mm -hmm. much as building backlinks and then with building backlinks i think it's building backlinks in really basic basic bitch ways you know like oh Mm -hmm. i'm going to list myself on true local and put myself on this directory that just let me submit with no you know review of my content great um or putting links in comments none Mm -hmm. of that works you know you want to build a decent backlink Mm -hmm. it's going to take three to four hours you're going to need to contact a publication you're going to need to pitch an idea write a really good article send it off mm-hmm. to them meet their editorial guidelines that's how you get a backlink that's worth having mm-hmm. you know, anything that's worth having has to be worked for if it comes too easy it probably isn't going to move your needle at all yeah and I, I think one of the things I've seen a lot of is actually internally backlinking Yeah, internal linking. So that's great. That works. That's fantastic, right? So there's an idea, again, another analogy, because you know I love my analogies. It's it's the idea of a rising tide lifts all boats. So if you have one piece of content on your site that is ranking really well Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, is doing well and it's getting interaction, then link from that article to other uh, uh, content in your site because it will lift it up. For example, years ago, I wrote an article about 10 things not to do in Facebook groups. And it got, I don't know, it's had like millions and millions of reads. Now, I 
don't do Facebook groups. I'm not a Facebook, mm. you know. But what I did was like within that, I put ads for my own products. I deep linked into my services. And then people who enjoyed the article are going to click on those or at least see them. Mm. Um, and that therefore helps the rest of the site. So internal linking is powerful. You just don't want to overdo it. Mm. And one of the things I see a lot as well is um, keyword call to actions. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of that. What's your view on those? I I think at the end of the day, we never want to sacrifice conversion and connection and conversation over SEO, right? So I'm a copywriter at heart. That was my first love. A call to action is possibly one of the most important pieces of copy on the, on the page. So it needs to be a call to action. You know, it needs mm-hmm. to say, get involved, you know, reserve your spot. Don't, you know, grab your thing. So I like to write a call to action that finishes the sentence, I want to. I want to buy now is the obvious one. Mm-hmm. I want to join the membership. I want to get the get the get the discount, whatever it may be. So I will not shove a keyword into my call to action if it ruins that flow. Now, obviously, if my if if my product is called the recipe for SEO success, and I have my call to action saying I want to, you know, I want to mm-hmm. join the recipe for SEO success, it kind of works, right? Yes. It's, it's the keywords there, and it kind of works, but it'll probably be like what would be better and and drive more excitement would be, you know, grab my spot because Mm -hmm. that implies urgency and that there aren't many spots and that you're going to miss out. So I would sacrifice the keyword there to have a more urgent and exciting call to action. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think just going through a whole pile of different websites, I think a lot of them miss that Yes, and just want to shove as much in as possible. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I think in contextual links, so I'm talking about call to action buttons at the end exactly. of whatever. If you're writing some copy, I think it's great to have a few contextual links within the copy that are wrapped around the relevant keywords. So, you know, you're writing an article about hedgehogs and you're talking about what hedgehogs eat and you wrap a key, uh, link around the word mealworm because you've got another article about mealworms, which is more comprehensive. And that makes sense. Like if I'm really into it, I might click on that and open it in a new tab so I could read that later. Contextual mm. links are great wrap them around the keywords but call to action should be more about driving the sale yeah exactly exactly i i know you use a whole pile of tools but what are your most favorite ones that you use all the time when it comes to seo you know what i'm tool minimalist so my my main tools would be google Google analytics Mm -hmm. uh, google search console um there's a great little google chrome plugin called seo meta in one click it's free you can just install it and then whatever website you look at, it gives you basic SEO data on it. Um, I guess my uh, an easy paid tool that I use on the course is WooRank. Mm-hmm. It allows you to run a fairly comprehensive basic SEO audit that addresses maybe 80% of the problems. It started raining like like Armageddon at the moment. So if I hope you can't hear the rain in the background. Can't hear it. If I've started to shout, it's because I cannot hear my own voice. Um, so SEO meta in one click, woo rank. I always find it very hard to say that correctly. Mm-hmm. Woo rank. And then I guess if you want to go into the paid, sexy, bleed and expensive tools, you'd be looking at SEM Rush mm-hmm. or Ahrefs um, or Hrefs, however you want to say it. Those are the two market leaders, but they can be a little bit overwhelming for most people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, um, I've always just use basic 
Google because yeah. yeah. I've just found that enough for what I've well, needed. The thing is, a lot of people don't do all the stuff that they can do just from Google Analytics and Google Search Console. You know, they don't go in and go, oh, Google Analytics says that my time on page is 0.1 seconds. Let me address that before I go and spend a thousand dollars on an SEO tool that's going to tell me exactly the same bloody thing. You know, like address the obvious stuff first and the accessibility and the usability and the speed, all of which you can do with free tools. And then you'll get to the pointy end and then you might need the expensive tools. But, you know, most uh, on the courses that I offer, most people get through the entire course and do most of the fixes without ever using anything other than a two-week trial of one of the big tools. Mm. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. I love you big tools, but they're not for everyone. It's, particularly if they're more of a smaller business too, that yeah, makes complete sense. It. So expensive. Yeah. And if you've only got a couple of pages as well. Yeah, if you've got a small – and also, you know, if you're a – a, a cupcake maker you know yes you want to make sure your seo is right and you maybe don't mm. want to outsource it but it's not like you want to be an seo exactly. so you don't need to go out and buy like a combine harvester to to pick one seed from the ground do you know mm. what i mean like that was a really bad analogy i'm getting yeah. carried away. <laughs> all good all good <laughs> I, seo excites you tell me why does it i don't know it did like seo uh, it still does. I mean, I couldn't talk about it the way I am now after all these years. The, the reason it excites me is because it works. You know, and so many things in marketing and so many things we're sold online don't work. Mm. And, and and you feel like it's, you know, a snake oil. Um, SEO, when done right, when learned properly, can, can make an astronomical difference to your bottom line. Mm. And for me, because I'm a copywriter, I don't sell the features. I don't sell, oh, I can make you rank better. And I don't sell the benefits. Oh, I can make you more money. I sell the advantage. SEO has led to me having a really beautiful life. That sounds really woo-woo. And I see people on my course having transformative experiences mm. where they thought this was something they could never do. And now they're getting sales and they can't handle the amount of sales they've got. Mm -hmm. And therefore they're able to hire a member of staff or, or finally get that warehouse that they wanted. You know, mm -hmm. And that to me, that is what gives me joy. Not necessarily the SEO bit, but the end result. I love that. Love that. It's about the the journey and working together on that major milestone and seeing it happen. Yeah, exactly. It's you know I get more joy out of seeing other people do great now than I've I've kind of it feels a bit I sound like an old bag, but I've had my huge wins. You know, I've had my whatever, and and it's so Amazing. pleasurable to watch someone else do that. You know, mm. it's really enjoyable. Yeah, it, it is. It is that feel good moment, isn't it? Of the yeah. the seeing the cycle happen again. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I have my final question for you. I ask everybody this. I know what's coming. Yes. Uh, what brand, if you could be any in the world, best represents you and why? Well, you know, I'm a personal brand, so that would be very, very hard. Um, gosh, I, I, I've thought about this question for a long time and, and I, I don't know. Can I pick a movie star instead? You can do whatever you like. So I, I like to think of myself as a Celeste Barber of uh, mm. SEO or maybe the Tina Fey because mm -hmm. I, I I still really struggle to find a brand that's 100% genuine. I mean, I think we're getting mm. there with the uh, who gives a craps and the, you know, the dollar shaves and who are just really gen genuine and they are who they are. But they still, to me, because they're not a person, the whole artifice of a brand mm. still feels a bit removed. I love personal brands. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I love the people. And 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 when a company gets beyond about five or six people and it starts to become an entity, I just think no matter how hard they work, I, I know you've got shareholders and I know you're you're an entity and I, I just care a little bit less. Um, I'm not sure if that makes me kind of some kind of revolutionary, but yeah, I, I struggle with that. It's you're more about the the human side, not necessarily really about I suppose yeah. the, the the glamour and the dollars and the cars and everything else. No, it's like about I, what I've, you've actually done to yeah, help others. I, yeah, and I've never you know, I've never bought something because it's got a logo on it. Mm. Possibly I have without meaning to. I mean, everything I've got is Apple because they subliminally manipulate us into buying their crap. But, you know, like I'm not someone who would go out and buy a Dolce and Gabbana handbag. Do you know mm. what I mean? Brands don't matter to me. What yep. matters to me is quality um, mm. and and the user experience and the customer experience and price. Let's be honest, mm. in this market, price matters as well. Oh, definitely, 100%. I've got to say thank you so much. I'm just going to do a recap. Okay. So, um, so SEO isn't scary. You can get in there and get started. And the first step is always to start with the basics. Start with your website. Get it all right first. Make sure you're not having any dropouts, that your site's got beautiful content, that you've actually got everything laid out right and you've actually put thought into what your brand name is. Then think about what your keywords are going to be. They're going to be searched against and research them. Think about if you're too simple, do you need to put any modifiers or unique words in there just to help you stand out that little bit more? And also questions can rank too. Ensure you integrate into your copy and that you've always got it naturally in there so it flows nicely. The last thing you want to do is it sticks out and it doesn't make sense like in a call to action. And once you've got all these set up, continue to optimize. Things change over time. So make sure you're always doing what's best for you and your brand that makes sense for who you're trying to reach. Backlinks can be your best friend as well as internal links, but make sure that they're actually quality links. So going to domains with authority so that you're not going to be just doing it for no purpose and no gain to help you with the SEO. And Google. Google is the dominance with 71% of transactions starting with Google you need to make sure you're going to rank there at some way. So put your best foot forward when you're doing SEO and that will help you along that journey. Was that a good wrap up? It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> you send me those notes. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, no, I love that. Thank you for this discussion. It's my first podcast in a while. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Do you have any final things you'd like to, to end with? Maybe oh, uh, six figures words. in school? Oh, yeah. So, school hours? Yes. Well, we, you can test my SEO out after this. Go and Google Kate Toon or Google six figures in school hours. And the thing I would challenge listeners to do is if you do do that, look mm-hmm. at how different the search engine results pages are. Mm. Google has completely changed depending on what you search for, what it shows. And it's only going to get more exciting with generative AI, which is coming down the pipe. So yeah, thanks for that. And if you want to learn more about SEO, I have a group on Facebook called the I Love SEO group. Uh, So you can come and join that and learn more. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kate, for being so generous with your time. Loved it. Everyone else, make sure to follow Mortar Marketing to hear some more fabulous guests more to marketing.